and Brian. So anyways, we're continuing on uh, John chapter 9 um, in our reading. And so turn with me there and we'll, we'll read the first uh, 12 or so verses. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man who had been blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? Remember yesterday I said we have PhDs in judging. <laughs> We're so good at judgment. We're so good at spotting it, smelling it, dishing it out. And so they want to know, uh, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he would be born blind. Jesus answered, it was neither this, that this man sinned, nor his parents. But it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Amen. In verse 4, we must carry out the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spit on the ground and made mud from the saliva and applied the mud to his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he left and washed and came back seeing. So the neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, Is this not the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, This is he. So others were saying, No, but he is like him. The man himself kept saying, I am the one. So they were saying to him, How then were your eyes open? He answered, The man who is called Jesus made mud and spread it out on my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed and received sight. And they said to him, Where is he? And he said, I do not know. So they continue arguing and debating and, and back and forth. And eventually start questioning his parents. Um, the parents know that the religious leaders are out to get Jesus and anyone who supports him, there's going to be ramifications. So the parents are like, don't question us. You know, our, our, our son is a grown man. Ask him yourself. And so they, 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 they don't want to be responsible. And then it goes on in verse 24. And they bring the blind man that was healed back uh, to the group, to the, to the committee, I guess. So for a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And they're referring to Jesus. He then answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Okay, so it's uh, the age-old question, right? It, it's, it looks different, maybe even sounds different. Same thing, right? It's the same question from the beginning of time. It's the same question that we covered in Job. For those of you who, who didn't listen, uh, I did a two-part series on suffering right up to leading up to Christmas. And so if you get a chance, it's the same question. It was widely accepted. It was taught by religious leaders and by rabbis that if someone had some type of disability or, or something bad happened, it was a result of sin. There must be some secret sin. There must be something that, that none of us knew that this person was engaged in. It must be the sin of their parents. And so it was widely accepted that if something bad happened to you, that it, that it must have been because of sin. Um, and so the question, the age-old question, you know, is not who sinned. The age-old question is not why did this happen. 
the age-old question is, you know, they're, they're saying, whose fault is it? Right? Who's the source of this? And so the age-old question, really, if you boil it all down, it's the same question that all of us have and all my GICs and all the EGs I've ever had is, is where does evil come from? Where, where's the origin of evil? Where is the origin of sin? Where did it originate? Why is it here? And as a result of that, why are all these things happening? So they're just, they're just kind of pulling at the symptoms. But if you pull that thread, it's always going to lead you back to, is God what? Is God? What's, what's the million dollar question? Is God good? That's the whole premise of the first chapter of, of Genesis. That's, that's the whole, if you ever struggle with God, it's this question. Let me, let me, let's, let's bypass everything and let's just, let's just get straight to business. Anything you're struggling right now, you know, family, marriage, finances, health, anything, anything right now, let's, let's, let's just get down to business, let's just get right down to the bottom. You're, at, you're wondering to yourself, is God good? Right? And that's the opening statement of this crazy big book, the Bible, is chapter one. Adam and Eve have a relationship with God. God loves them, but at some point they wonder, is God good? Is God trustworthy? Is he holding back? Ah, I don't know if I can trust him anymore. You know what? I'm going to take up this tree and I'm going to decide for myself from this point forward what's good, what's not. God doesn't get to tell me what's good, what's not. You guys, you guys see that? Every question, Job, all boils down to, and if you remember in the, in, the, in, the, in the two sermon series that I did on Job, God never answers that question. He doesn't answer the question of why the sin or where it originated. He simply elevates Job to a higher vantage point perspective and says, Job, look at me. Job, don't look at the waves, you know, like Peter walking on water. Don't, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't listen to the narrative of the enemy. Don't listen to the narrative of the world. Look at me and look at my vantage point, right? And so uh, uh, even here, again, same thing. It's, it's the same format. Jesus answers, it's not, it was neither that this man sinned nor his parents. Okay, we, we're all fully aware that I'm sure this man has sinned. And I'm, we're all fully aware, we're certain that this man's parents have sinned. Everyone has sinned. We, we, we're born into sin. We're born into separation. Right? So it's, it's not, it's, Jesus isn't saying that these people have never sinned. But he's saying this is not the reason or the origin. Right? And so then... Uh, um, uh, God has them uh, focus and it says, but it was so that the works of God might be glorified. So we're looking at a cup, half empty, half full, and we're asking the, the questions of eternity. You know, where does evil come from? And Jesus is saying, no, don't look at the sin. Don't look at, you know, reasons why, you know, but look at what I'm doing. Look at the fact that I'm here. Look at the fact that good things are possible. And the fact that, that Jesus you know, heals so that the works of God may be glorified. Ultimately, everything leads. We must believe that God is good. We must glorify God. That's it. Everything has to lead to that. And anything that detours us, anything is, is, is basically an attack on the enemy. It, it's, it's something that, that tries to uh, uh, distract or draw us away. <clears throat> God is good. God is to be glorified. God is good. God is to be glorified. Amen. When we doubt these things, especially when we're under temptation or attack or, or uh, uh, circumstances, where do we go? Right? When we question, when we start to doubt God, when, when circumstances, health, finances, life, when we get beat up, wave after wave, it keeps knocking us out, knocking us out, knocking us out. Is God good? Oh, man, God, where are you? Where are you, God? God, are you good? Man, I don't know if you're good. Where do we go when we have those questions? Where do we go? We go to the cross. We go to the cross. The cross is the ultimate reminder that 
whenever we have doubt, whenever we have any type of doubt about any situation in your life, right? And it's, it, it doesn't alleviate the fact that it's hard. Yes, it's hard, right? Knowing that God is good doesn't necessarily make everything okay. If, if that makes sense. We still struggle. There's still sadness. There's still tears. There's still frustration. There's still anger, right? But when it gets to that kind of ledge or place of giving up, where do we go? We go to the cross. That is the ultimate mark and sign that God is good. That, that He, of all the infinite ways that God can communicate to you, knowing, God knowing that we're going to have doubt at some point in our walk, all of us, what is the one way that He, as, as God is sitting back, thinking, wondering, how can I convey, how can I get it through to them? How can I be on all doubt, even when all faith is gone? What, what can I do to possibly show them that I love them and that I, that I have a plan for them and that I'm going to bring them home? What can I do? What, what, what can I pop? And then thought on them. The only way they would believe that I love them is if I take their place and, and, and go on the cross and die for them. That beyond a shadow of a doubt. Would, would convey to them, no matter how bad it is, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it's lost, that they would know that I suffered a lifetime in their shoes. And that's it. That's the only place we can go. We've got to go to the cross. Okay? Um, in verse 25, then the, the blind man comes back, and, you know, uh, at this point we, we recognize that the religious leaders really, you know... <laughs> It's not so much about theological debate anymore. They're not really concerned about people getting saved. They're just doing, at this point, like, yeah, you know, they're off the rails. <laughs> that was a really good phrase I heard recently. They're off the rails. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just out to get Jesus. That's it. They're just out to get Jesus. There's so many questions about God. Right? Don't we have so many questions about God? I used to have so many questions about God. I still have many questions about God. And that's what makes, uh, makes you a good student of the scriptures. You know, you, you, you have questions about God. You go to philosophy. You go to your past ex- limited experiences. No, you have, you have all these questions about God. Where do you go? Where do you go to the scriptures, right? Can I tell you a secret? I have so many questions about God. And I've had so many questions about God. And I still have so many questions. And every time I go and I want answers, I go to the Bible. You know what I'm reminded of? That God is good. <laughs> That's it. I don't get all the answers. And, you know, you may think that as a, getting a theological degree, you know, four years in seminary, studying Greek, Greek and Hebrew and all that stuff was good. But at the end of the day, when I read the scriptures and I see, how, you know, I, I, I get a revelation. It's not that easy to catch, right? Because it can be so, I, you know, I, I've been there. It can, be, it can be difficult to read the scriptures. But when you, when you get past that, when you get past the ultimate desire of wanting to know the answer and you get to the point where you just want to know a person, that revelation starts to flow. It's like you tapped into something and water starts to flow and you start to get like, wow, this is good. This is even better than, than the things you know, that, that I was originally seeking. And then there's this peace and then there's this satisfaction and then there's this trust in God and then you realize, God, as long as you're in it, I'm going to be okay. I rather that I didn't know, but I knew that God is in it and that I'm okay, than that I got the answer and didn't know God or was at distance and that wouldn't make me any better because then, then two weeks later I'd have another question, right? Um, and so there's so many questions about God and, and, and so these guys, this guy's being questioned and like, I, I, you know, I, probably his parents are probably like, 
you know, prepping him for the, for the, you know, for the stand. Hey, make sure you say this. Don't say this. Don't mention our names. You know, if you say that my parent, we don't know you, you know, his friends are, you know, friends are like, you know, what's going on? And, you know, you should do this. You should do that. You know, people are like spies are coming in probably say, hey, we're trying to get Jesus. You know, all, all these people are talking to him and telling him what to think, telling him what to say. And, and, and when he gets up there and he says, man, you know, glorify God, you know, you know, say what we want you to say. And this guy's like, what, what are you guys? I don't know what you're talking about. You're calling this man a sinner? Okay, you know, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know these things. I don't know. But one thing I know that I was blind, but now I see. I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you're trying to pull. I don't know what your agenda is. I don't know what you're trying to get from this guy. I don't know what you're trying to get from me. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. And this man healed me. Right? And so same thing for us. Like we have all these questions, what's going on, COVID, Omicron, what's going on with my life, what's going on with my, my, my marriage, my future, my job, what's going on? I don't, I don't know all these things, but, but all I know is that I was lost and now I'm found. That fact has never changed. You know, in the last 25 years and all the ups and downs, you know, and all the questions and all the turmoil and all the, the difficulties and seasons, all I know is I was lost. I was gone. I was a goner. And then God came and gave me a second chance and now I'm saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Right? So what are you going through? Right? What, what's, what's, you know, one day there's a high note. Look, looks like things are going to be okay. One day there's a low, low note because you're reading the news. <clears throat> Man, remember, we were lost and now we are found. God loves you. God's going to bring us through the other side. Amen amazing grace how amazing how amazing it was when you first heard the gospel and you were carrying all this weight and you realized for the first time that God took it for you and that God wants to take that from you once again and that lightness and that joy man I want to get into the word man I can't wait to go to church I can't wait to go to small group and share and testify and pray oh man there's people out there that are having a hard time and we need to get together we need to pray for them that type of joy that type of peace that comes in knowing God. And so it's about focusing. Jesus is not going to answer, you know, your, your, the, the, the theologically incredibly origins of sin and all that. He just wants you to know that he's good and that he is God and that he is trustworthy. That's it. He is good. He is God. He is good and he is trustworthy. He is God. He is good. He is trustworthy. Why? the cross right and that's why you know for those of you who haven't been churched who haven't grown up in the church that's not such a bad thing but we say uh, uh you may have heard this somewhere you know god is good you know the pastor will go up there walk up you know god is good and the whole church will be like all the time right and does that mean that no one who says that at that moment is not going through like the worst hell in their life in that very moment no there are people who are going through the worst hell of their life in that very moment but they're not saying god is good all the time because of their circumstances. They're saying God is good all the time because of what he did on the cross. Once for all time for eternity. Right? And so even the song we sang a couple days ago. I always have a, every time. I love the song and I love singing it. But every time we sing it, I feel like I have to give an explanation uh, before the song. And so maybe worship leaders, uh, house church leaders. Whenever you sing the song, I think you have to preface it every time. Because anyone who comes in not understanding what we're talking about right now would sing that song and one of two things will happen okay so it's a song um, you have never let me down right 
Right? Uh, you guys know that song? No, you don't know the song. <laughs> what's, what's the chorus, Brian? <laughs> and then what's the repeat part? Never let yeah, never failed me yet, right? And we sing that. You guys know that song? I love. Is that the song we sang two days ago? No. No. What was it? What was the song we sang two days ago? Come on, who? who uh, pop quiz. You get a free battery. We we still have some. If you didn't make it to town hall, a free rechargeable battery. What was the song? It was like some. It's like like. It was something like "Never Let Me Down" or. Sunday. No, it was like two days ago here. We were singing. It was really good. You're never gonna let. <laughs> it's the same words, just different, different chorus. <laughs> You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And so people sing the song, and so one of two things is gonna happen. You're a new believer, and it's like, oh my gosh, wow! Once I believe in God, nothing ever bad happens to me. Hallelujah, right? I love this song. I love God. And then, and then some months later, something bad happens. Like, what the heck? Right? Or you're sitting there and you're, you're disgruntled. No, bad things happen. I can't, I'm not going to sing this song. It's a fake song. Christians are fake. Right? No, not at all. Right? We're not talking about that God's not going to let you stumble and get a scratch on your knee. We're not talking about that God's not going to, you know, you're not going to lose your job or, or someone you love is going to get sick or, or you know, even worse. Right? We're not talking about those things. We're, we're talking about that at the end of the day, no matter what happens in life, God is going to be there. He was there, and He will always be there for eternity. And in that way, God will never let you down. And so if you can't sing that song, that's not on God, that's on you. You have a, you have a, there's something, there's a disconnect. Does that make sense? Because God has paid the full price, and the full weight of our glory and, and, and the prize is not here in this lifetime, or next season, or when Omicron is gone, or your next promotion, or your next season in life. It's with God in eternity, and it's with God now. And so only in faith could you sing those songs. Only in faith could you say, God has never let me down. Yeah, even in my worst moments, even in the worst moments to come, God was there and I know God will be there. Does that make sense? Man, you're setting yourself up for a huge disappointment. A huge disappointment. If you're thinking that by doing all the right things and following God, that somehow that's going to protect you and make your life bliss and it's going to be a rainbow walk, rainbow walk all the way to heaven. That's a huge... That's, that's not what the kingdom of God, that's not what the gospel is about. God is with you now in the highs and the lows. And if anything, God wants to detach or release or let go or relinquish any idols or anything that you worship or anything that you love above him. Any circumstance or situation or vision of life that you have that is elevated above him and cannot and therefore cannot find joy in God is an idol, is an idol. Okay, whether, you, whether we admit it or not, we elevate it above God. We, you know, worship sounds like such a big word, but we think about it. Okay, don't call it worship, but we think about it more than we think about God. Right? And, and whatever attachment that is and the value systems of that permeates and is stronger than the value systems of the kingdom of God. And then that's how you know, and then these songs come and you can't sing them. You come together in house church, you pray, you can't pray. Right? Because we've placed our hope in something else. And that hope must be in Christ. And so, you know, who is he? John, John is trying to answer this question, right? Throughout the 21 chapters that we're reading. Who is this? Is he a Messiah? Is he a Samaritan? Is he a half-breed? You know, is he God? Is he a prophet? You know, is he a good man? Is he a teacher? 
You know, and once again, who is this guy? Man, this guy's a sinner. Give glory to God. This guy's a sinner. That's what everyone's saying. He's not trustworthy. He can't trust in this guy. He's just, I don't know. Right? But one thing I do know, that I was blind, but now I see. Amazing grace. Um, Charles Spurgeon, uh, one of the past famous, renowned uh, preachers in the UK, he says this, It is ours not to speculate, but to perform acts of mercy and love. According to the tenor of the gospel, let us then be less inquisitive and more practical, less for cracking doctrinal nuts and more for bringing forth the bread of life to the starving multitudes. Right? And it doesn't mean like shut down your brain. Yeah, you know, God gives us this brain. It's, it's, it's brilliant. But we use it to seek him and, and, and we try to answer these questions and you know, get into the Bible. But if, 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 if we're doing that and not helping others and loving others and serving others, then something's off kilter also. Right? If it's like you want to get a group of people and it's like the five of us, let's just study, let's learn Greek and Hebrew, let's just study the Bible and answer all the questions. And you do that every, every Friday for the rest of your life, right? And for 20 years, and not a single person comes into your new house church. Man. You know, um, yeah, I think, I think that'd be very sad. I, you know, I think that'd be very sad in God's eyes. You know? Um, and so, um, this morning, I think, we have so much to give thanks for. Pastor Sam, the glass is 75, 80% empty. <laughs> we only got this much water. Well, hey guys, let's take a drink. Let's focus on that. Let's see the good and what God is doing even in that. Amen? Let's bow our heads. So this morning... Um, as I was reading this and preparing this, I was just reminded, man, how joyful. Man, I was a sinner. I did it all. Oh, man, I lived in debauchery. I, I, I abandoned my faith. I, I, I did everything I wanted to do. Everything you can think of. And I was dead inside. I was so dead inside. I was trying to find joy in all these things that I thought the world could give, and then I was dying inside. And, and, and I absolutely believe, and this is, if you want to know why I gave my life to the Lord in full-time ministry, because I absolutely believe that my life was spiraling to the point where I think at some point I would have been, you know, suicide or drugged out or, or shot or something, you know. Uh, I, just, I just knew the trajectory that I was headed on, it was just, it was going all the way down. And I didn't know what to do about that. And then one day, out of nowhere, God just shows up. He shows up in my apartment and he taps me on my shoulder and I, and I, and I just, I, I break down and I just, I'm consumed by his love. And so that's, for me, at that moment, it's like, wow. Like, my life was going to be the sum total of nothing. And then God gave me, not, not a first chance, but a second chance. And I know people don't even get a first chance in this world. There's so many people who don't hear about the gospel, and then they perish. And even that, you know, is God good? Is that fair? No, you, you trust God. 
And so at that moment, I realized any breath, any life, anything good that I have from this point forward is only because of God. And so I said, God, I'm all yours. Anything you want. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, go back to your first love. There are a lot of things out there that are appealing and good. No, they're not bad. Go back to your first love. It's not complicated. It's actually really simple. You just cut things out for a season, right? Not forever, right? Nobody's saying, give that up. You can't have it. Nobody's saying that. For a season, lay it down. Go back to your first love. Remember the joy, the life, the blessing. And then when your heart is so enamored, so enthralled, and your eyes are so focused on it, then the Lord will say, go ahead, go ahead, go back, go ahead and pick up that thing. And it's gonna be light. It's not gonna be a burden. You're not gonna lose sleep over it. And it certainly isn't gonna own you. Are you owned right now? Does something own you, right? Like forces, like I have to or I must or, you know? Yeah, nobody owns you. That, that's, that's, that's a bunch of baloney. Nobody owns you. If anyone owns you, it's because you let them own you, right? We go back to our first love. And so this morning, I just want to uh, give a little bit of time as maybe we play some uh, background music for a little bit. Uh, or just in silence, either way. And uh, man, just, just spend some time before the Lord. You know, Lord, I want to come back to you, my first love. God, even if there's one drop in the cup, man, that's awesome. God, you are awesome. Man, that one drop will sustain me. You are good. You are God. And you are trustworthy. You'll never let me down. You've never let me down, even in my worst days. Amen. Let's spend a few moments in the meditation.